Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe, hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Ministry of Supply. I'm one of your hosts, Yasmin Evan, and joining me as always, my co-hosts, Andy Anako and Russell Ivanovich. And guys, I have some awesome news. We were named in the top 100. Well, let, us, let us say hello no, 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 to, no. The, to the listeners. It's like, okay, fine. Listeners, we're going to ignore you. <laughs> No, <laughs> I just, I just was... want the listeners to think that my goodness, Russell and Andy are being standoffish this week. Why can't they be more yes, like Yasmin? Who's well, you know, us? we, you, you guys always sit there in silence and are like, should I say hi first? Should I not? So I was just trying to jump into it, you know, start some conversation. But actually, I was just really excited about this because we were named in the top 100 best, most interesting podcasts for 2016, and we are in good company. Serial is on there, uh, mystery show. And some other relay shows made it on there, so that is pretty exciting. So I'm I'm confused, Yasmin. Are you excited by this? I'm excited. I, I didn't quite get that. Are you sure you're excited? <laughs> you're excited by this? And is this uh, yeah. is this like on is it on the verge? Is it on CNN? Like where where is this? It's on a site called Daily Tech with two Ks. I'll take it. <laughs> I love that site. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I should I should also say that unlike some of the other podcasts on that list, nobody had to die for us to be a successful podcast. And there's no mystery. <laughs> I'm not going to name. If names. one of us disappears, I'm just saying there's no mystery behind it, folks. Yasmin did it. <laughs> uh, I, I want that statement to be used on the podcast that's that's made about this. Should I disappear? That, that, that would be that would be a, that would be a rating scrapper. <laughs> like if if that and well let, let's be more positive. If one of us, well okay, Russell's probably out of, out, but if like Yasmin or I like won like that one point five billion dollar Powerball, like every everybody would be like looking for like the the news news clips would look for like some video uh, as B roll, and so they would probably like be grabbing pictures of us and running audio from this show uh, as part because we we of course would be in hiding because we know that. Ne'er do wells would be breaking into our homes to get the winning lottery lottery ticket. Relatives would be hitting us up for like new mufflers and stuff like <laughs> that, and that'd be so. We should make sure this is a really, really good one that makes us look like people who you wouldn't hate for having one point five billion dollars. That you wouldn't suspect of being someone who is right now plotting to buy certain industries to make sure that a certain smartwatch only has the features that you yourself. Uh, would actually want to have and stuff. Oh my gosh, that is like a genius idea. Although I don't even think if you won the Powerball, that would be enough money to own your own uh, Android Wear smartwatch shop. Oh, Um, I think you could do it. I I think you could do it. I think think at this point, like if you were to write Lenovo a certain level of check, I think that they would sell you that business. I think that they would be very, very happy to tell their shareholders, and we already have turned around our smartwatch business – by making a profit of $18 million on our acquisition. <laughs> <laughs> we also had some other awesome uh, news updates this week. We had some feedback from Trish all the way from snowy Canada. Actually, she said it, it wasn't actually snowy, but she was just saying that it was snowy to live up to the ca- Canadian stereotype. But she was sharing about her home setup, and it sounded pretty awesome. Like She was saying that she could tell Google, say, OK, material, Uh, unlock my front door or lock my door and she even had this mode where it said start initiate party mode and that would open or not open it would light up the laundry room so when she went to go do laundry the lights would light up and I'm excited because you know what getting saying okay material start party mode would get me excited to do laundry (laughs) 
there's well there's a lot of cool stuff like that i just started using like with malicious intent or okay maybe positive intent for my intent myself uh and android does uh, sleep uh, sleep app and it has like it's like all really good android apps it has great features at the surface but then you keep like clicking through the interface and you find great things it does it has really great android wear support but the other cool thing it has is support for philips hue so it can do things like gradually turn the lights down as you fall asleep and then as part of the gentle okay we've chosen to we, we we think that this is would be a good time to bring him out of sleep because he said he wanted to wake up around 8 30 but I, we can tell by his rhythms that 8 21 is a good zone so you know what at 8 16 we're going to start playing very soft music and we'll also start to bring the lights in the room ever so gently up so that maybe he will just naturally wake up before that time but not because he's been start we don't want to startle him <laughs> we don't want to startle him but if he's just gradually aware that the lights are and that no, a few things have made me as excited about having hue light bulbs then i mean th this is exactly every cool science fiction thing except for like the, the the robot butler you know turning down the covers and leaving a mint someplace we'll I, I, I gotta say i was on board with um trisha's email until i got to the line that she was trying to suggest that <laughs> That it was a feature that these uh, smart locks keep me out of houses. Uh, I think she was trying to suggest that that's something built in. You know, is, is Rusty Shelf nearby? Can we detect him? Just, just turn it off. He doesn't need to come in. <laughs> yeah, we also got some other feedback that there are some other smart locks that actually have a key built in. So you could use both the, the Bluetooth and the key so you couldn't be locked out of your house. Um, but, you know, whatever my next smart lock will be, it will have to have the anti-Russell feature where if Russell is within pr uh, proximity in my house, my house will just go on shut down and lock down and it will not let him in. <laughs> and you can use that clip should Yasmin mysteriously disappear. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I reckon this is probably one of the weeks we had the most email and feedback that I've ever seen from our show. So the other one was, um, I'm going to pronounce it Reese. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce uh, Welsh names, but I'm just going to go with that. Um, and he's from old South Wales. So he's not from New South Wales. He's from the original South of, of Wales. And I'm not even going to try and read this because a lot of it requires, um, you know, knowledge of, of how these street names are pronounced. But he was saying it's quite funny navigating, um, you know, with Google Maps around where he lives because the street names are actually in two languages. So you'll find that there'll be like a, an English name and then there'll be the Welsh name for the street. And Google Maps apparently tries to pronounce both with, with great hilarity. So if, <laughs> if anyone ever gets to visit Old South Wales, make sure you, uh, you turn on your Google Maps and uh, give that a shot. Sounds like fun. I kind of want to hear audio of that. <laughs> yeah, we should get Reese to send some in. That is a good idea. Yeah, Reese, if you're listening, yeah. send us some audio. And I've got to admit, I was secretly hoping that Andy has some kind of Welsh accent he's ready to, uh, to pull out of the bag. Uh, I have seen every episode of Cadfile. I've read most of the books, but that's about as close as I get to having any experience with with Welsh voices. Aww. I'm guessing that Sir Derek Jacoby, despite be playing a Welsh character, may not might not have been doing a, a Welsh accent. So, plus you, you know you know you know how gr legendary we Americans are at being able to do uh, you know British <laughs> Empire accent, accents. We all we all we we see we see a couple seasons of Monty Python where, and we're Just certain that we're great at it. <laughs> <laughs> you're a wizard you're a wizard harry potter you see perfect yeah i've got to say the american british accent is probably as good as the american australian accent so <laughs> the the other piece of feedback we got was someone who actually worked um 
he hasn't given us permission explicitly to use his name, so I might not say who he is, but he actually worked um, on part of the AppLink system um, that we talked about last year. So, last year. Well, was so long ago. Last week, <laughs> we talked about how Toyota was going to be supporting AppLink and not um, CarPlay and Android Auto, and he just provided a bit of history into that. So apparently back in uh, 2010, you know, when this system was first kind of being rolled out and, and Toyota came on board, um, it was meant to be like an open source alternative to, you know, something that goes in the car that developers can write for. And it seems like they had some, you know, really good intentions. This is something you'll be able to plug your phone in and developers will be able to talk to, you know, different bits of the car and you'll be able to get the interface up there. And it seems like what happens is when, you know, Android Auto and CarPlay came in, those things started to to overtake this system. So while while this is still in development and while this is still a thing, he doesn't feel that Toyota's going to keep holding out. He thinks it's just a historical you know, point. They they brought that on board. They were going to roll that out, and he he most likely speculates that you know CarPlay and Android Auto will be making their way into you know Toyotas in the future. So th- there you go, an interesting you know bit of history behind you know that system. Yeah, it seems kind of insane that they wouldn't. Uh, and and it really it it's it feels true because years later, when you find out the all the reasons why certain really landmark decisions happened, a, a surprising number of times, it really is because. This project had been going forward for four and a half years. Three and a half years in, they realized that it was never going to work. However, the person who had the budget for this wanted to complete it at least, and nobody was forceful enough to get it shut down. And so as a result, the Motorola Rocker phone <laughs> <laughs> had to had to be made and had to be sold, even though everyone knew that, yeah, let's slowly back away from this and this is the phone we made with Motorola. Motorola was involved. Just step backwards, backwards, backwards. How could this possibly have failed? We 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 removed a vowel from a common name <laughs> and turned it into a brand new word. That was supposed to be perfect. Exactly. And I mean, I don't I don't particularly fault uh, auto manufacturers. Like, I, I think they could. You know, a lot of people tried to characterize industries that you know are about to be disrupted or whatever as you know containing people that just do not see things coming. I'm sure a lot of these people see this coming. They know that you know people want to connect their phones to the car. They know that they want you know apps in the car, and they're just trying to work towards that. They're like, okay, so what we need to do is build this system, and we need to have an alliance, and we'll roll this out. And you can see that a lot of this stuff moves quite slowly. So this was back in you know 2010. We're now in 2016, and you can see that companies like Google and Apple are going to move that forward far, far faster. And I, I can understand that they don't want to give up control necessarily, but I, I think I agree with you know the person that wrote in that it's an inevitability at this stage that tech companies are going to slowly start taking over you know more and more of your car. There is one other bit of feedback that we got, I think the most tweets and emails about that I've honestly ever seen for this show. And you know you might think it's, it's some top, topical tech issue, it's some big thing that we talked about. Do we step on someone's toes when we talked about you know Motorola or Samsung or so? No, it was the pronunciation of GIF and GIF. Apparently there are a lot of feels about that on the internet. Who knew? Who knew, Yasmin? <laughs> I know, I talked about selfie sticks and GIF. Like I, I knew I was going to get a lot of people mad at me. <laughs> But but I want to say something like thank you Andy there was a snippet when we were recording and you and you said it's not about how you pronounce jiff it's about how you react when someone pronounces it differently than you and it was like the best audio piece because as people were emailing me going like oh silly as mean just because the creator said it was pronounced jiff doesn't mean it's pronounced jiff and i just would send them this pocket cast uh, snippet link that had directly to that audio snippet so thank you andy that was uh, wonderful 
I don't. I, I I would never troll anybody intentionally. I was I was I was only joking about uh, about uh, <laughs> about down, downtown Abbey. It, it occurred to me, but I've never done that. But it's the uh, getting back to that one point five billion dollar Powerball. I'm sick of everybody on Twitter and everyone explaining. Well, you know, there's no possible way you can win. The odds are so long. And I'm like. Yes, I I understand that. And I also let me give you credit for knowing that uh, that uh, that a tomato is not a vegetable, and that a you know, like I said last week, it's like okay, we know that you know, but we don't care that you know. <laughs> that's 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 the most depressing thing you learn like after college that you have all kinds of knowledge that is of no value to anybody else. You have to you have to provide value with you're you're leaving an environment where when you get out of education, this is this is this is Uncle Andy's little advice to to to, to the youngs. That you, it's it's disorienting because you enter the the, the job force. You're in you're 22, 23, and for the past, all, the only reality you've known have been school environments where your ability to give the factually correct answer has been valuable and rewarded, and you something you're rewarded for. When you're 23, nobody cares <laughs> that you have the factual answer. They only care that you have the helpful information or the helpful experience. And when you're the person, go, go get into a meeting with Tim Cook and explain to him, <laughs> explain to him that, well, actually, Tim, you didn't just kill an insect. That was a spider. <laughs> That, yeah, no. you 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 will not get the contract to be to provide the silicone for the next generation of iPhone cases. I got to say, Andy's advice to the youngs has to be a, a segment on future shows. Uh, I'm really enjoying this, and I think, in all honesty, well, I, I I am I am in touch with the youngs, as you can see. I, I wear the the bill of my baseball cap turned thusly, uh, roughly 22 degrees off of true plum, uh, which indicates uh, also. Uh, well, I, I'm not wearing my hoodie right now, but I do own a hoodie, a hooded sweatshirt affair. And he's wearing yeah. a hoodie right now. Exactly. So, <laughs> so wait, wait, wait a second. Am I the only old person uh, or the only person not in touch with the youngs on the show? I do not have a baseball cap turned thusly. I do not have a hoodie. But you don't have shoes on. So there we that go. That is correct. So I'm in touch with the, the hips. The, the hippies? <laughs> I don't know. Random. Uh, can we tell them the fact about the. Uh, Working at Shifty Jelly, you're not allowed to wear shoes. The more it's you not know. that you're not allowed to wear <laughs> shoes. We just encourage the uh, the freedom of wearing no shoes. Freedom to all. Well, you're, you're working for a, you're working at a hip startup. Yeah, there we go. You're at a hip startup. You know, Andy's got the hat, and I got the hoodie. We're all young and hip, and we're in the top 100 most interesting podcast to listen to. <laughs> exactly. We're number one. We're just number 74, I think. But it's, it's pretty close you to that. You don't didn't have to tell them what number we were in. <laughs> I'm just happy we made we're, this. We're, we're, happy that, we're happy that you thought of us. We're happy that you thought us worthy of, rec- of, of, of recognition. And we realize Thank it's you. numbered, but that's probably just something that your CMS did. It's in no particular order as far as I'm concerned. I think actually like the top 100 is actually the best, like the 100 number. So we're actually at the very top. We're not at the end. We're at the very top of it. So yes, there was a lot of people upset about that. But, uh, you know, I think everyone can look past that and realize that we all have one thing in common and it is that we love hearing about Google and Android. And that that is what unites us, everyone. 
and sucking up to Google to make sure that when they on that master list of people that are with us and people that are against us, we want to be on the with Google list. Yes, <laughs> I, I for one welcome our new makes us Google makes us look list. really bad right now. But when the future, when those self driving cars go into phase three, <laughs> they're on phase one now. We'll, you'll you'll wish that you'd you'd. And if up you don't know people. what we're talking about, you need to go back to all the way to episode zero where we talk about exactly what's going to happen with with driverless cars in the future. I'm not even going to spoil it for you. You have to go find out. So. <laughs> One other thing that we have been previously united about on this show is our love of a certain company called Motorola. And I was, I don't know if I was saddened, I was just really interested to read the news this week that uh, Lenovo might be phasing out the, the brand Motorola and just focusing on the word Moto. So having a, a Moto line of phones that's their premium sort of set of handsets and the Lenovo brand sort of coming in to, to do all the unpremium. Uh, budget. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, you, you can't imagine them dropping Motorola for like uh, uh, public service radio handsets and stuff like that because there's such a traditional name. But yeah, we, we we were joking around about how you see, I'm I might be in my 30s and 40s, but as I as the hooded sweatshirt that I am accustomed to wearing and this baseball cap, and I'm quite young and fresh in my thinking. And you know that there was a discussion of people my age exactly like that saying no 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 see, we've got to convey the fresh young thinking and so i'm going to advocate that we change our name from motorola that stuffy stodgy old you know warren g harding style name it's something fresh like moto that's what the kids are calling us anyway well, i'm sorry that's what i as a brand <laughs> leader have and, and to cover us. both bases we're going to put by lenovo on the end so it's it's moto by lenovo just you know someone <laughs> might like the other company name better we, we've got to get them got to get them both in there yeah it's kind of sad to hear the motorola brand name kind of uh no longer existing because motorola was one of the, like the first phones not smartphones but the first phone manufacturers and everyone remembers the razor which was one of the most beloved oh, you forgot about the StarTech. Right. And so, <laughs> so there's all these like wonderful phones that Motorola has created. And so it's kind of, I was a little, I was, I was sad when I heard this news. I was like, oh no, like the brand Motorola is no longer. And yes, although I'm still happy that they're still keeping the Moto, you know, by Lenovo, like it just, uh, it did bring a tear to my eyes. I mean, the other thing is that Motorola as a company has a history of going out of business a lot and changing a lot. <laughs> like I used to actually know people that worked there, this was like 12 years ago or something now, and they were just constantly saying like it's a constant state of restructure. Like we sell one part of the business, we, we fire a whole bunch of people, we do something else, and then we sell this part of the business to someone. And then we do, and it seems like in Motorola's history, this is like a constant thing, you know, being handed over to other companies, having restructures and, and just changing things all the time. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to it's hard to be happy when it's it's a name brand that's been around since there have been radios, and there's I, I don't think there's any real advantage to dropping it. You just got to have change for the sake of change. Sometimes it feels like I, I still remember how I didn't I didn't really suck up to Motorola. I, I was the, it was their their Motorola. Uh, uh, I think it was the second Moto X event that they had in Chicago at their intergalactic headquarters uh and like i was on a tour of the entire facility and the people in the test lab for this event they wanted to look snazzy so they made these beautiful like blue lab coats with embroidery on the back with the old like 1950s motorola logo with like the lightning bolt and everything and i had such conversations with those people hoping to like angle towards say so do you have more of those that you in case you spilled something on one of them because are those available in the gift shop ha 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 
And then I would nod thoughtfully saying, this is your cue to say, wow, do you, no, we don't have, do you want one? Sure. We'll like to, I, I would, I would have done a lot to, I, uh, short of compromising my journalistic integrity to walk out of there with, I, I would, I wouldn't have compromised my journalistic integrity. I might have, if I saw that one of them looked a little bit woozy, not caught on their own because they were a little bit hypo hypoglycemic. I would not necessarily have moved most of them into a chair and given them, I would let them faint and then taking the robe to give him some air and then like giving some him some orange juice or something <laughs> like that but then not told anybody like i i i as as we as as i told russell there is a uh, there is a david bowie macworld poster on the background of my office right now because i did steal that off the side of a building at macworld expo do not get between me and the things that i want this is something <laughs> you should be considering if if it turns out that there is one Powerball winner and he or she was somewhere in New England, uh, you would be right to fear me, not because I'm evil, but because I'm selfish. That, that's another good piece of advice that Andy gives to the youngs. Don't get between a passionate person and the thing that they really want. Not a good idea. <laughs> so we'll, 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 we'll miss it. It's, um, I don't want to get people like really worried, um, I was happier when Motorola seemed to be more self <laughs> self standing. Uh, Lenovo has made some changes to the Moto platforms. There's a lot of like unique stuff. They had some really good unique ideas on how to make this this device aware of context and put in all these really tiny little features that embrace what uh, Android was is all about and actually only extend it and not replace anything of it. And now it looks like Lenovo is trying to is looking at all the development costs of keeping all those uh, mobility processors, all those sense uh, processor features going, thinking that, well, what if we just simply say that Google is putting those features into the core operating system and it's no longer really necessary for us to have it automatically switch to car and office mode? Uh, so it's I, I think that they've, they've been giving away some of the advantage that they've built up uh, the Moto G is still was still one of my favorite phones of 2015, and I would hope that uh, they keep that that vibe going. Yeah, and I think the other thing is if you take a long term view, you look at that in the short term, you're like, yeah, fair enough. Google has built you know some of the things that we already do into the core operating system. Why why keep doing them? But in the long term, if they're not making the next sort of set of those unique features, you know, they're, they're, I'm sure there used to be a team there that would you know sit down and think about these things and say, hey, what about if you waved your hand over your phone and the, the display lit up? Oh, that's a cool idea. What about if when you were in your car, the phone knew you were in the car and it started yeah. reading your text messages and all these things that, that Motorola pioneered that some of which later ended up in the core operating system. If they're not going to make the next set of those, then there's some things out there that we just, we may never see, you know, because there's not someone experimenting with these things. I, I can't see Google being as out there as, as some of the Motorola engineers were with just some of the, the, the frankly, not crazy, but just some of the interesting things that, that they came up with. Yeah, and they created the hardware so they could actually, you know, make it happen. And so it's uh, it's a sad day for all Moto lovers. No, but you know what? They're still keeping the, the name of, they're still keeping the phones. So it's not like they're completely wiping away all of that. Yeah, so exactly. it's it's not like it's gone forever. I think everyone's fear is just mostly like, oh no, the, the things that made Motorola phones so exciting and enticing, is that still going to be there in the future? You know, and I and I hope that Lenovo um, executives can see that, that these things are actually like benefits that people will actually buy their phones for. And uh, and still invest in that. There, there. I mean, there are reasons why uh, we recommended uh, we all we each of us like Motorola. It's not because they're like every other Android phone. It's because they really uh, found their own turf. Um, actually, we should we should move on because there's a couple of like really cool conferences <laughs> that we that I think 
uh, we're both eager to talk about uh yes I mean, you you have you have an in you had a plant you have a mole uh at the ubiquity conference uh that was that's happening actually just finished today yeah it's an internet of things yeah conference. so i have a mole her name is virginia poltrack and i probably butchered her name but she well you're not meant to give out the oh, name sorry. so you oh, secret up oh, secret oh, oh no okay uh, oh, her name so- is sorry virginia it was maybe it was maybe, nice but listeners maybe we're maybe we're playing the double bluff we're giving <laughs> the name thinking that well that can't possibly be the name <laughs> maybe <laughs> and maybe I'm, maybe we arranged that i would give this explanation as though to nervously cover for something yes hoodie out she's sweating uh no my my good friend virginia is at the ubiquity beyond the internet of things uh, developer event and she is the creator of one of the creators of fit cat so she's a fantastic illustrator so if you've ever seen those cute fit cat animations or and wondered who made those cute illustrations that's virginia well she's at the conference right now and i reached out to her saying hey I know you're out there, like, tell me what the environment's like. I just kind of want to know what uh, Google is talking about. And she says that the conference is very small and friendly, and it's easy to go and talk to the people that are doing projects. And it seems to be very focused on almost like hackers and what can you do? Like, not so much even does it have to solve a purpose, but is it fun to do? So she said that one of the cool projects um, was that was built was a piano phone that lights up uh, NeoPixels. And so they just had a lot of fun things that you can go and talk to people about and find out more. Um, their big focus is, again, Brillo and Weave, and actually their uh, Tango devices. So that's uh, that's fun, and it seems like a, a cool conference to be at. So thanks, Virginia, for giving us the insight. She said there was also a lot of focus on wearables and kind of integrating that with, like, the smart home, um, So which is the stuff that really gets me excited. So I, I wish I was there. There's, there's a lot of really cool stuff heading on the horizon. I was also reading uh, this is I think this was a little bit of uh, like pocket fluff left over from CES, uh, but Intel uh, announced that there's going to be Android support for their hundred dollar three D Sense camera, uh, and the ability to have three th- uh, D awareness attached to any phone, not just a Project Tango phone you have to buy specially for it, uh, is just uh, there's there there are a few features of uh, of the Android Fire Phone that was okay it was a failure. Uh, but it was there's some features I really really thought were interesting. Among them, just built in. Let's have multiple cameras so we can sense things in three dimensions, and uh, all the different ways that a 3D sense camera can be can enhance apps, both from the ability to simply map a room uh, with precision to capture objects in 3D and do interesting things with them, to understand gestures, to understand facial positions. Uh, I'm not even thinking about specific apps. I'm thinking about what happens when developers suddenly get a lot of. It's suddenly very, very easy to find out where is somebody looking right now, and how, what could I do if we if uh, this app had that awareness. So 2016 could be like pretty. Yeah, awesome. I think it's going to be kind of the year where the physical and digital really merge and began. And I think like a really so one of the companies that I think could really tap into this. So Pinterest, if you're hearing it, people at Pinterest, here's a cool idea. So one of the main features of like Pinterest is that a lot of people use it for decorating. It's a way to share different images and things that inspire you. So imagine if you had a Project Tango phone, so you could actually take like a 3D of the room that you're in, and then you can actually place like one of those Pinterest items within your room and seeing if you would actually want to buy that chair or that sofa or that rug. And you're thinking like, hey, does that look neat in there? Yeah, I like the placement of it. So you could use the Project Tango uh, phone to take like a 3D version of your room, but then you could put Google Cardboard on and actually view that like 
view that uh, furniture piece or whatever inside of that room. I think it would be really fun and you could also, you know, buy those things. Yeah, and I mean, this is the other thing we forgot to mention is that um, Lenovo, funnily enough, the company we were just talking about, is actually working with Google on like a Project Tango device that's actually going to be coming out, I believe, in in your summer. We're currently in your winter, is that right? You're on the other side of the world. It's it's, it's confusing. Yeah. But that's potentially only, you know, six months away, like an actual device with, with that installed in that. And that's, like you say, Yasmin, all about, you know, mapping the room that, that you happen to currently be in, which is yeah, kind of interesting. I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, I'm glad that there's such an excitement over uh, 3D awareness and virtual reality because we always we've been. I think that a lot of the limitations of imagination have come from where the science fiction has been, where people think about virtual reality and they think about, well, I'm going to go on a, on an immersive like vacation video. Uh, sort of thing. Uh, and I think that a lot of us are, are looking forward to seeing what it does uh, with gaming and stuff. But there are just so many different applications when you have uh, access to that. Um, and another uh, news item that I think it just came across to, yeah, uh, just today, uh, where uh, there's a little bit of a move. Uh, Clay Bevor, I'm, I know I'm not, don't, don't have his name correctly, uh, but as a Google vice president for project management, was uh, in charge of Google Apps. Uh, and now he has basically dropped he, – he has decided to no longer be in charge of Gmail and Google Docs uh, and is in charge of Google virtual reality products. Uh, and so the fact that they're going to move someone who is clearly quite important to something else that is not making them any money uh, is pretty a pretty exciting development. Just, just the fact that uh, – Google has a free app that you can now capture a virtual reality environment from wherever you are just because uh, you just, it occurred to you that it might be nice a couple of years from now to be able to recreate what it was like to be in front of uh, Cinderella's castle. Uh, it's so many cool things. I mean, my, my, you, you talk about Prince, uh, about uh, uh, Pinterest, Ismi, but my, my dream is just uh, 3D on every single camera shot so that the EXIF information also just simply has a record of here is a map of distances to objects from the point of view of the of the phone's camera so it can sense that it doesn't have to simply work out this blob is this is a human blob it can simply say these sh human shapes are six feet in front of the camera the trees the tree-like shapes are now 50 feet beyond the camera and there are mountain type shapes that seem to be infinite beyond the camera and so that's that so that's when google photos and every other editor gets the ability to say i want the background to be lighter i want the background to be darker i want the background to be a little bit in less focus and those are things that you can kind of almost start to get for free i mean it's it's, it's so exciting that it, any of us could babble for a half hour uh, about cool things that you can do with 3D, so I'm really excited. Was about another all this. A, ca a camera? Was it the Litmus or something? Where it would take the picture? I forget exactly what the technology was, but it was like taking the entire thing in focus, and then you could go and select which items would not be in focus. Like if you wanted the front of the item not to be in focus or the back. I can't remember the name of the camera. I think I think it was called the Litmus. It was like a like a rectangular sort of camera where. Oh no no that's a that's the Lightro. Oh Lightro. Oh, Lightro. Uh, what is yeah. that? That, was, that camera was that 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 camera is just that it's a it's a different technology. It's light field uh, technology where uh, the 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 simple way for me to try to understand it for myself is that it's almost as the as if every pixel is set up as a different camera. So it's not just uh, a one lens throwing everything onto this one unified sensor. It's 
this one pixel understands that it's not right behind the lens. It's a little bit to the left of the lens, that sort of stuff. It's fun. It's, uh, I know that I always know that they're a company is in maybe in trouble if uh, they keep putting me off about getting me a demo unit for something. Uh, they're, it's always it's always they're always excited to get things in your hands like immediately, and not everybody is on the list to get things immediately. But there's nothing that I can't get a demo unit for like after say thirty days, and they just kept putting me off and oh. putting me off and putting me off. And finally, uh, Overstock.com got their five hundred dollar introductory light uh, light field camera for like fifty five dollars, and so I bought it just to find out. And oh my god, is it a crap burger? Oh it's no! Just, it really, it really, it really is just like uh, I, I, I can't even, I can't even talk about it. It's like. Uh, it takes it. You have to really for this particular camera. You really do have to have someone like four feet in front of, of the lens, and then Mount Rushmore a mile behind them, and then you can get that really cool. Oh, look, guys in focus, mountains in focus, guys in focus, mountains in focus. Because if you don't, or if it's in any sort of a, like a real world like room situation, the difference will be so subtle, and the picture itself will be so crummy. That it's like I paid five hundred dollars oh, no. for this. Even I, 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 this is this when I when I keep thinking that I, I was even I was thinking I paid fifty five dollars for this. They said no, I, you paid fifty five dollars, and you're going to be writing a column about it for which you will be paid more than fifty five dollars, so it'll work out. Otherwise, oh boy, would I be upset with that company right now? No, I was going to say um, HTC did like a poor man's implementation of that as well, or tried to, where you had yeah, a, a photo cameras. that you could you know refocus later on. I, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be a thing, but I think virtual reality is definitely a lot of companies you know sniffing around. And like I said, last time I was at Google I.O., I literally met like dozens, if not hundreds, of people that were on the quote unquote VR team. So so something is going down on down there. We're we're keeping an eye on you, Google. But <laughs> we we do also have to pay the, for this show, and this week. This episode is brought to you by Ministry of Supply. So we were talking about the car industry before and, you know, how that's, you know, due for a shake-up and needs to be smarter. What about the, the clothing industry? You know, everyday clothing should be smarter by now. It should be designed for the needs of a body in motion, not just a static mannequin that, you know, you see in a store. As human beings, you know, we're on the go all day and our clothing should adapt to that. And, and the only way you can feel comfortable in your clothes is if they're actually designed to work with your body, not against it. And that's the vision that drives Ministry of Supply, a performance professional menswear company that launched out of MIT four years ago. They make polished business clothes that are engineered by MIT-trained engineers to provide technical benefits. So things like body temperature regulation to stop you from getting you know, too hot, too cold, um, some fancy thing called sweat-wicking fibres you know, that are meant to keep you dry, and a stretchable fabric that allows you to move freely. So Ministry of Supply's most tech-forward dress shirt, the Apollo, is made with moisture-wicking fibres infused with temperature-regulating phase-change material. So this is the same stuff that NASA developed to keep astronauts cool in space. It also features a light-knit construction for breathability and a four-way stretch for mobility. So all their clothes are easy to maintain, and one of the cool things about them is they're wrinkle-resistant. So you can wash and dry them at home. There's no fancy procedures required to that. And then you don't need to iron them, and that's, that's a serious thing. I know a lot of clothes say, oh, you don't need to iron this, and then you pull it out of the washing machine, and you're like... Really? I don't. I guess I, I could go out looking I, like I'm a, this. I'm a bachelor. I don't need to iron anything. <laughs> I should. I think that what, the point is that you won't look like you didn't iron anything. So anyway, what you need to do as a listener of material is you go to ministryofsupply.com slash material. And if you use, surprise, surprise, the offer code material, you'll get 15% off your first purchase. And you'll also show your support for the show. So I encourage you 
to go there. You know, if you've been thinking about your clothing that, that you wear to work and you wear, you know, day to day and you're like, hmm, this, this could use a shake up, at least go check it out, ministryofsupply.com. If you just want to shop in, in person at a Ministry of Supply store, you can still mention our podcast. So you can go up to the person there and be like, hey, do you know about Material Podcast? I know the offer code Material. You still get 15% off, which is, that's pretty cool. So we'd like to thank Ministry of Supply for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. I was actually going to ask you about that because I got the website open in front of me. So there is a store in Boston, uh, and I I have been I have been a lot more aware of like performance fabrics, like the kinds that they use. Now that it's now that it's winter in Boston, you have to be very very aware of like fabrics that aren't going to like just sop up your sweat. Like if you're going for a walk, and then as soon as you step back outside and stop walking, it freezes, and now you die of hypothermia. <laughs> so it's like I'm sorry. It's like I used to be dumb, saying, "Oh, cotton. What's better than cotton?" Pretty much anything is better than cotton if you're going to be <laughs> if you're going to be leaving the house and, and and walking in any way, shape, or form. So I'll definitely take a look at this. It's like I'm I'm getting an education on like ways I can not have to wear six inches of fabric and still be warm. Yeah, and I'd definitely encourage any of our listeners that are near any of these stores just to go in and share your experience with us because I, I would love nothing more than to hear that you went in there and told them all about Material Podcast and you know got your fifteen percent off. Have you heard of Material Podcast? They were top one hundred, <laughs> the most interesting. Or even <laughs> podcast to 74. listen to. No, you know, or you know, you you, you whisper to the per, the person that's uh, serving you like, I know about Material. <laughs> for my 15% off. <laughs> what, I, what I'm hoping is what I'm hoping is that I know that we're not a video podcast, but I'm going to walk into the Boston store and I hope the closer, my goodness, it's material podcast <laughs> and Yanatko. Whatever are you doing here? <laughs> well, not only to thank you for supporting our podcast, but yours, your clothing sounded so wonderful and plus that 15% offer code, I had to check it out myself. <laughs> I will say, Andy, if you, if you went to the Ministry of Supply, you would come out looking really sharp. I'm looking at the clothing right now and uh, everyone, you know, all the, all the clothes looks really sharp, so do it. Might be it might be too nice. They might be. We we actually kind of don't want you to wear our clothing, Andy, because we we've seen. <laughs> I, I, I see that I see that you're wearing a really good like eighty dollar LL Bean shirt that, and boy, it looks horrible on you. That's I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm sure they would be more tactful than that. They would find we we let us let us walk you through our entire line and find the perfect <laughs> article of clothing <laughs> no, for your you, lifestyle. If and you showed up for a recording in one of these shirts, I would be like, oh man, like I I should have dressed up for this. Like I feel so out of place now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at least for socks, those those are some sharp. I know, socks. even even the socks because, look awesome. I, it's like no, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not. No, I'm not trying to be funny here. And as well, long-time listeners know that I have a hard time finding out when I actually am trying to be funny or not. But those are, I uh, that's that's another that's another thing. Like as I, it's you got to realize that it's it was time for me to elevate my sock game. <laughs> and I bet they wouldn't get sweaty. Eighteen eighteen bucks were good. Like okay, that's Russell, good. this oh. is what you need to do. You need to buy everyone some Ministry of Supply socks to go around your uh, shoeless office. Yeah, we we bought some. Uh, I'm not embarrassed. I'm proud. I'm proud of the fact that we bought some slack yeah. socks the other day, and we were wearing them proudly in the office. We got our team photo on the uh, the fake grass that we have here. This is another way that we prove that we're a hip startup. We bought fake <laughs> grass for the office. That's how you know we're cool. Oh, well, you're, not, you're, you're, you're not cool unless like the underside of every desk smells like bo because <laughs> a nobody nobody wants to leave the office and get, and get cut and then fall behind and also your live your startup is in San Francisco and nobody can afford to actually have an apartment. What are these? This is oh, those, this those is are, like first generation slack so socks that you actually could not buy. They were gifted to and, me. They were gifted to how, me. How long ago were they gifted to you? <laughs> yes, me. Oh gosh. I, <laughs> 
No, because I know what you're going to say. still mint in their packaging because they, st- they still appear to be sealed. This is a, this is a trend. No. Yes, okay. They're too good to wear. <laughs> I... I, Has your daughter asked to uh, to wear them? You're like, no. I haven't even These shown them to my daughter. Socks. I'm going to say it's uh, <laughs> over a year old, or I don't know, before they. I think this was even before this was like even before they had their Android app or something. Um, I I was still a fan of Slack so much. And I was I was gifted these socks, and they're if you can tell, I'm gonna take a picture of these socks because they're awesome, and they're actually a different design than the slo- than the s- slocks <laughs> than the slocks that they're <laughs> they're selling. The slocks that they're selling now. And so, Common as well. You're you're so right. I I saw these and I was like, these are awesome. I am never gonna wear these because they're so cool. Yeah. I got. I I I had to I had to reassure a friend of, a good friend of mine knitted me a pair of beautiful wool socks and gave it to me as a christmas present and like i I thought they were beautiful when like i I unwrapped them and i said oh my god you made oh these are so beautiful these are wonderful and then i got them home and i'm like i can't wear these there's this i don't it will it will make me angry with myself after like five or six months if there's a hole in this or if i've stretched it out i want i want to always have a beautiful pair of wool socks and i emailed her like to that effect and got, no, no, they're meant. They're meant to be worn. I'll make it. No, no, don't make them with. I'm sorry. I'll wear them. I'll wear them. <laughs> so they're they're they. It's I. I we, we're talking a lot about socks. I'm. I'm just saying that there are times where you ignore a, a basic part of human existence, and then when you realize that if you have like I I, I got like a, the 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 plastic bag o tube socks for like daily wear, but when I when when the really good like hunting socks show up in the rotation, when the socks that I bought at Yosemite National Park that have beautiful like friendly bears like embroidered into like woven into them that's like a great start to the day you're, you're wearing a good pair you're wearing a fun pair of socks and when and when you know that you're 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 going to be flying someplace you know that you're going to be your, your your feet are going to impress people you got your tsa socks on <laughs> yeah i mean not not only that but my absolute favorite part of going on any business trip to to anywhere that's not my hometown is that I always buy like new pairs of socks and I wear them, you know, each day of a conference. Like Google, Google, I, Google I.O. last year, I bought, you know, so many pairs of fresh socks and I put them on this, each morning and it's like giving your feet just a little hug. You're like, oh, new socks. So they're, good. They're, also, so they're good. also the best. They're also the best possible souvenir because uh, you. I, I do that sometimes too. I have a, I have a, uh, a uh, my, my neighbor Totoro knockoff uh, a kitchen towel that I bought at a supermarket in Beijing, China. That is just my regular like bathroom hand towels. And every time I use them, I think about this wonderful trip that I had like five or six years ago. And I imagine that like every time you pull on your Google I/O socks, you think about the last that the, the, that time you're at Google I/O and the your, your good times you had at Google I/O. And you might have thrown away a kitchen magnet with a thermometer in it, but you still got your Google <laughs> I/O socks. I've, I've got to say, so I was I was reading Twitter this morning. And I saw that Sundar Pichai sent out an email saying Google I/O 2016 is is coming. It's going to be May 18th, and it's it's going to be back in Mountain View, so it's not going to be at Moscone West where it normally is. And I I don't know if it's it's weird, but the first thing I thought of is yes, new socks. I'm going to be there <laughs> well, with, with these new socks on. Well, now you're going to have to find a new place to get socks because it's no longer going to be in San Francisco. So you're going to have to find a different sock shop. So I'm I'm curious if people are still going to be staying in San Francisco and just take the, the can they take yeah. Bart is Bart see this is going to show how much I don't know San Francisco. Like Caltrain yeah, Caltrain Caltrain I, yes when I when I 
when I, when I've when I I still have, haven't come up with a, a good solution. Every time I've got a meeting like in, or an event in Cupertino or Mountain View, it's always I can either rent a car, stay in San Francisco and rent a car and deal with rush hour traffic getting to my meeting, or I can get I, I'm interested in your take on this, or you can get like a hotel room in the immediate vicinity, but that's not a fun place to hang out in for a couple of days. Uh, I always wind up getting a hotel room in San Francisco and just taking the uh, early Caltrain down because at least then I can still like have fun in San Francisco. Like, what, what, what do you do? Uh, I normally stay directly in the city, but the problem is every conference I've always been to has been in the city. San Francisco. Yeah, in San Francisco. So I have been out to Cupertino and have been out to Mountain View, but generally, um, you know, we'll go with a friend or we'll rent a car for the day. I think the the big problem here though is if you happen to rent a car that. Parking around Google is is ample, but if that many people are going to show up to to the campus, I don't, I don't know where you're going to put all these cars. So probably your only option is to to get some kind of public transport. In there, I know there are buses that go there. I believe the the train stops somewhere nearby as well. Um, I've only ever been there by car though. So I don't know about you, Yasmin. Have you been? There? Uh, I've never been to Mountain View. So my, I have a friend that lives in San Francisco. So I'm probably going to be crashing at their place still. Um, but yeah, I'll be taking the Caltrain. So, Hey, Google IO 2016. If, uh, oh gosh, come on, Google. I triggered it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even say, okay, material. I just said, said something that was close to it. <laughs> I think it was actually it trying to, to help it just me. Wants yeah. to help <laughs> it you. wanted to help me like, no, 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 yes. this is what you should be doing. Um, so I will be staying in San Francisco. So what we should do is we should get a group of material listeners to take the Caltrain together because I think it'd be a fun adventure. But you know what I really would want? <laughs> I would want a self-driving car. I think that would be cool. So if if Google wants to send a self-driving car to come pick me up and then drive me to Mountain View, I will not complain. And so that's actually one of the things that people have been saying is that, ooh, this is change of campus. Is it because they'll be able to show off cars like the self-driving car or the delivery drones? And so I don't know. What do you yeah. What do you guys think? Well, do you remember that there was? I wasn't there for the Google I/O demo where they first demoed Google Glass. But I mean, there was literally people jumping out of a plane, parachuting, <laughs> riding bikes like across buildings, and eventually running into the building. I, I wouldn't put it past Google. You know, they do love their their startup presentation, the type thing they do. I think last year or was it the year before? I'm getting old. The one where they did the whole, um, you know, this hits that, which hits that, which hits this, and eventually, you know, triggers the. At the start of the conference, they they do like the dramatic intros, so maybe maybe I think some that kind was, of demo. Uh, on the that campus. was two. Yeah. Well, this that was two years ago the, when they introduced uh, material design. The, the difference, the difference though, is that it might not even be legal for the, if they want to show off like a real autonomous drone, they may not be able to do that legally. If they want to have a self-driving car, they may not be able to do that legally in San Francisco. Whereas they might be able to either do it on the campus or maybe they could, I, I don't, I don't know what the relationship is with Mountain View. I would assume that if they wanted to own a few streets, uh, they, they could say, hello, Mr. Mayor, do you like the tax revenue we give you? Yeah. Yeah, we were wondering if we could take over these three streets just before the event. But with the 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 only, the, only, the other thing I wanted to uh, at least get uh, get you guys' opinion about is there are times where I've gone to conferences where uh, uh, I'm a developer, I'm an Apple developer, but I'm really there as a journalist. And you could tell the vibe that, especially if you're like a, not just like a, a developer who writes a column or t occasionally writes news stories, I can always tell from Apple that 
we would love it if you didn't actually attend the actual conference itself. But you can still get – it's valuable even if you don't get a ticket to these things because every prominent developer and company is there, which means that just hotel lobbies are part of the conference and restaurants and bars are part of the conference. And there's a million places in San Francisco and, and a lot of like special interest groups and just groups of friends will like go to a restaurant together. And that's where so much of the discussion and so much of the business is being done. So every time there's a talk about moving – a conference like this out of a huge city with lots of services where people can walk everywhere to a place like Mountain View, I wonder, is now this conference just going to be about the keynote and just the actual breakout sessions? Is that going to change the tone or the temperature of how much people get out of the conference? I think they're maybe going to do more efforts to have more events centered around Google I.O. I mean, there every night there's like an after party or something. It's usually a lot of the some nights are actually hosted by Google, like they have their Google Nightcap um, event, which is at one of the local bars, like really close to Moscone Center. Um, but there is a lot of other events where they have like Nest, well, I guess, which is now a Google company, but they have other other companies like even Twitter, they throw these after parties all the time. So I'm curious if there's actually going to be more um, Google events at night to encourage the people to kind of stay there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I, I think what they might be going for is um, something like they've, they've recently done some Android developer conferences. They've held a design conference. Google is starting to hold a lot more of these um, small, really focused conferences where it's it's in a location and everyone tends to stay, you know, in that location. And Mountain View, if you've ever been there, is it's it's definitely more suburban than San Francisco. You know, there, there are way less restaurants. There are way less places to go. You can't really just uh, walk off the Google campus and walk to you know the the four bars that are nearby. That just it's it's not like that. It's a lot more sort of spread out. And so, yeah, I'm wondering about that as well, Andy. Because on the one hand, being in San Francisco, the amazing thing about it is you can literally just walk anywhere. You're like, hey, let's let's go here, or hey, there's someone here, and everyone is in staying in the same place. When you move that same conference off to Mountain View. I wonder how spread out, you know, people are going to be and the various places they're going to be staying. And maybe some people will be going from the city and other people will be trying to get accommodation nearby. I, I wonder how that actually changes the the feel of the conference. And I I reckon Google would be aware of that as well. And my, my only thinking there is maybe they're, like Yasmin says, they're going to host a lot more events, you know, before and after IO that, you know, they want people to turn up to. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, a lot of the... Uh, a lot of these events have become a lot less important now that the uh, CES style extravaganza, the big national conferences, have been replaced by regional focused conferences, both stuff that's uh, uh, set up by Google and Apple. Apple does a lot of developer tech uh, uh, briefings that are just we'll, we'll get we'll get the Ramada in for a couple of days and we'll teach you all about uh, how core audio works or whatever uh, and uh, uh, also little uh, uh, smaller scale uh, developer events where it's just a couple hundred people in Chicago, uh, and they there's even a roadshow sort of thing. So maybe it's, uh, maybe it's it's that there, it's no longer possible to do these Google I/O style events the way that we used to love them happening three or four years ago, and now that kind of that kind of spirit that kind of vibe has moved to these smaller regional shows. Yeah, and that, I mean that's the interesting thing is that that that's literally all Sunder Pichai said is it's coming. It's on May eighteenth. We're going to revisit you know the place where it all started ten years ago. We're going to have it 
um, at is it some kind of amphitheater? I haven't heard of it before, but I'm, I'm sure it's it's well known. But they haven't announced any other details yet, so it's it's really just us speculating as to why they would want to move. And I, I have seen some people saying, you know, maybe Moscone is is too small or it's too expensive. I mean, Moscone West is it's a huge place. I'm sure it is expensive. I'm sure it costs Google, you know, millions of dollars to hold the event there. But I can't see them moving it back to their campus just as a cost thing. That I mean, for a company that big, that just doesn't make any sense. So. I think maybe they have other plans for this conference. So maybe they plan to make it either more developer-focused or, you know, like we were speculating before, maybe they plan to show off something that they can't do at Moscone. There, there must be a reason to, yeah. to move it back there. I, I don't think it's, it's, it's for cost. Part of it, part of it is also timing too. One of the big reasons why Apple is putting a big keynote style uh, auditorium in their new uh, spaceship campus is just so that now they can hold an event whenever they ever want to hold it. They don't have to find an open slot at the Herbert Buena Center or at Moscone. They can just simply say it happens whenever they want to do it, and uh, they don't have to be beholden to any external schedule. It must even for Google, it must be a bummer to simply uh, to have to book Moscone or uh, West. For specific weekend, like the second week in June, and they don't know whether they would actually rather do this three or four weeks early in January. They don't know whether it'd be better to do it a little few weeks earlier or a few weeks after, but they do know this is the only uh, weekend when they know they can get the space. So, yeah, and I've definitely felt that at um, Apple developer conferences where you go there and they start giving you these things that you can see about two or three weeks away from actually being ready to give to developers. <laughs> like we got. We got the first build of, I don't remember which iOS it was, and there wasn't even iPad bits in it. They're like, no, those, those bits are coming in two weeks' time. And I'm sure that wasn't their intention six months earlier when, when they you know, had to book uh, the, the conference center. But that's, that, that's part of having a, a place that you book. You know, you've got a hard deadline, and when that deadline hits, well, you've got to give something to developers. So maybe, maybe if you know, Apple moves it to the campus that they're building and Google starts moving things back to their campus, maybe that gives you a bit more flexibility to... Uh, as to when you host the event although at the same time we're in January and Google said May 18th so they've locked themselves into a date already so who knows yeah one idea is that you know a lot of uh, Google employees don't actually get to go to Google I.O. in San Francisco like there it's always the event where a lot of it, Google employees want to go but obviously not everyone can go they can't fit everyone in there um, and if it's closer to Mountain View I'm curious if that will allow more Google employees to kind of maybe not partake of the entire keynote but be involved in more events or more activities that they do centered around Google I.O. I don't know, just a, just a thought. I'm, I'm curious if they're just trying to the foster some form of community of this is, this is kind of our campus. Uh, and I don't think it's actually going to be on campus, but it's going to be near here. It's like almost get to know Google a little bit more because, you know, Google it just with, this is like the year it's going to be um, after Alphabet became their parent company. So I'm curious if they're kind of trying to draw us back into like Google and Mountain View and just creating this sense of community. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. It's, it, it's certainly less, it, it's, it's hard to understand exactly how disruptive uh, an event like this is for Apple and Google uh, when they're, cause it's not just, they send the CEO out to do a keynote. They've got a few executives showing out things and then they go back to work. Uh, they get the, sh the shuttle back uh, and, and go back to work. It really is. If you, you got to get them hotel rooms and they're going to be out of the office for two or three or four days and you don't know where their projects are. If they're announcing something, they are, they're already at the white knuckle stage where they're close to their release date. So if you have the ability to, of course, they're going to be spending a lot of time talking to developers and giving their presentations. But if that's just going to be an item on their Google, calendar and they can still take meetings and they can still keep an eye on the on project timelines that must be a value add for them as well 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've I've, I've met some uh, Google engineers in the the few days that they're leading up to their presentations, and it, I'm sure you can imagine. Like this is this is a very stressful thing. You're going to be presenting in front of you know thousands of developers. The the eyes of the world are on you. Like a lot of these sessions are are live streamed and you, you know to add to all that stress that you've got already you're in a hotel room you know 40 minutes an hour from your house um, you've got your laptop you're away from campus and you're having to prepare all these things you know there instead of you know back back where you work which is probably easier like if you're in the office or whatever and you can just you know get the team together and then put your presentation together and get all the bits you know joined without having to make these constant trips into san francisco then maybe that makes your your life easier as well yeah. San Francisco is a whole, like uh, driving, it's like 47 minutes an hour away. And that's without, uh, without bad traffic. I think it's 40 minutes to an hour. Yeah. I've driven it yeah. a few times and it's, it's about that. It's, it's been, intim- so it's been intimidating enough for me. I, I will rent a car to drive to Marin for a meeting or for, or for a show, but I've not once driven. I'm sorry. I did, I did drive once, but that was like 90, <laughs> 97, 98. When I was when I was a mere slip of a lad of twelve, I See? lied about my age because I'm a maverick. Then is now a maverick. I, I have done that drive a few times. My problem is I have to continually repeat in my head: right hand side of the road, right hand side of the road, <laughs> stay on the right hand side of the road. When you turn, right hand side of the road. So I've only I've only made that mistake a few times. Sorry to anyone I've almost hit in uh, in San Francisco, but you all drive on the the other side of the road, so. You're just, you're just you're just disrupting the the, the, tra- the, the, the standard traffic model. That's Literally. why you're so scared. Yeah. Let's let, let, we 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 should probably we should probably start wrapping up. But uh, I I guess it would be a bit of a tease if we started talking about like lodging and driving to Google I/O without talking about what we're thinking about going to happen at Google I/O. Um, and I'm gonna Russell. I'm gonna I'm gonna bravely and 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 gladly like let you lead off because as a Google developer, you are probably a little bit more hip to what you're expecting and hoping than I am right now. <laughs> Well, I, I think the the safe option is there's going to be a new version of Android. My my one thing about that is that I seriously lack imagination. Like I look at the Android operating system, and I think as a core, like what what big things haven't they hit? And the only one that seems super obvious is you know they've got the 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 tablets out there. They've got the new Pixel C. They've got all these things that um, you know run Android. But I don't think the tablet experience is what it could be just yet. And I'm hoping this year that that they actually show a lot more of that off. So whether they come up with their own split screen implementation, I'm hoping for for crazy things that you know Apple hasn't even done yet. So things like imagine having two apps side by side and being able to drag and drop things, or I guess you're not really dragging and drop, but you know with your finger dragging things between between the apps. So I've got my web browser and I've maybe got my Twitter client, and instead of having to go like long press copy this that, like <laughs> imagine if you just drag the the picture that you want from one to the other and the operating system. It does the rest. And this is something Google has excelled at in the past, you know, having um, interfaces between apps and having apps that can can do small things, you know, without the whole app having to launch. I'm hoping they they expand on all that. I'm sure the the thing about Google I.O. is that it's not just about Android. So there's things going on with Chrome, you know, their web services, their, their everything is, is at that conference. But I'm kind of narrowly, you know, focused on that. Yeah. I'm looking for it. I'm with you, uh, uh, one thing that uh, one thing that came out of CES we didn't really talk about was uh, a Remix operating system, which is a, a a third party attempt to do a build of Android that runs on laptops. Uh, and I actually have a copy of that on a flash drive that you, I can boot my uh, my MacBook into. And my goodness, it's just such they didn't do a whole. They, they, it seemed it looks mostly like stock Android. 
but it is really, really flexible. It's, it seems like an, env an environment that I could really actually happily spend a day working in. And I don't know if Remix is the future, but I'm really exci uh, excited and interested to see Google start to assert Android as a productivity operating system, particularly now that we have an excellent large size touchscreen tablet that runs <laughs> Windows 10, and we have an excellent large screen touchscreen tablet that runs uh, that runs iOS. And I'm eager to see. Well, what if you, maybe developers would build really good productivity apps if they were if the if the operating system really really supported it? But other than that. Uh, I got to say that even more than Apple, I look forward to and uh, to Google's announcements at Google I.O. because I am very, very certain I'm going to see something totally crazy and impractical, but beautiful and fascinating, which is actually a way that you could describe almost everything we like about David Bowie as well. Uh, but by the time by the time you by the time Apple shows something off, uh, it's a finished product. They know who's going to buy it. They it's a big important part of their future success. Google will actually give up 15 minutes of the most important screen time they're going to have all year to talk about. Well, and then this stupid crazy engineer started talking about what we could do with shoes. <laughs> And I know it's stupid and it's crazy, but we don't get to tell him he can't what he can and can't do with his twenty percent. And so he showed us what he built, and we, to shut him up, we gave him fifteen thousand dollars. Say, okay, if you could build two hundred <laughs> pairs of these, and it would still be again crazy, stupid, and practical. But then for the next two days, I've been thinking, well, what would you be doing if you could like put an insert into your shoe that ran Android and had some sort of I/O? Uh, and so that's that's the that's the joy of a Google I/O keynote, as opposed to pretty much every other tech keynote everywhere. Well, that that was one of my favorite sessions at uh, Google I/O. So the the, the the two things that they showed off that were completely different. The one like, what if you could just stroke your jacket, and what if like on your shirt there was like a you know, a touch target and, you know, what, what would be involved in weaving that and whatever else? And you're like, that is insane. And it, it wasn't a finished product. It was just like, here, we played with this for a year and we got it to the point where it can recognize your fingerprints. And the other one the, that someone had the idea of is, what if we took a radar and actually radared your fingers as they were doing things, you know, in the air <laughs> above your desk or above your watch? And at the time, you know, a radar was a quite big thing. So you're never going to be able to build that into it. They're like, well, what if we spend like a year miniaturizing these things? How small can we get a radar that can yeah, detect yeah. your you know, your fingers moving backwards and forwards. And even the, the small, one of the things they showed off was just you rubbing your two fingers together as if you're moving a dial. And they're like, look at this. We have the precision now to to pick that up. You know, what if you could move things in real time? And they showed off just a really bare bones prototype interface. It's like, here's how I can scroll a list of things just by moving your fingers. And like you say, Andy, none of these are finished products. Um, none of them I've, I've heard anything about since, but it was just amazing to sit there and go, yeah, like what what if you could do some of these things? So I'm sure there'll be some of those things at the the next IO as well. Yeah, I, 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 you reminded me you reminded me of that demo and just that that was another one of those th they actually and because they're Google and they've got more money than Oprah, <laughs> they can actually say this is not theoretical. We actually had components built that would be practical, and we we're not there, we haven't engineered them so that we can build them at scale, but we actually wanted to test the real thing. And you're thinking, oh, good heavens, that's such a clever idea. Yeah, I was uh, I was sitting next to like a ra not random woman, but this woman that I had just met at the conference, and we were both uh, you know like into interactions, and um, she was an interaction designer at this uh, company. And while they are showing off the interactions with the clothing, me and with the clothing, me and her just kind of look at each other and we're like, 
what? Like, this is awesome. <laughs> and so it's being in that room uh, and seeing the live demo and everyone's just looking at each other like, no way. Did they actually do that? Like, that is the fun stuff of Google <laughs> I.O. Google I.O. is not even so much of like, here, use Android and Google products. It's like, here is all the tools that we've given you, developers and designers and product leaders, build something wonderful because that's what Google I.O. inspires you. It's just like, what can you do with this technology? Like, just think about it. Just think of whatever you want. You don't even have to have a user in mind right now. Just sometimes just, just hack away and do something fun. Uh, so the, the, those are the, the neat feelings that I'm hoping to get out of Google I.O. again. If I go, please send me to Google I.O., <laughs> the, lotter the lottery ticket. We'd, we're not sure if any of us, we're all talking about I'll, like, oh, we can't wait to go to Google I.O. <laughs> we don't know if we'll be able to get in there. Yeah, they'll be like, there's 300 seats. Good <laughs> yeah, luck, developers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, and that is how Material was no longer a podcast. Everyone was fighting for that ticket. <laughs> We'll have. To, I I think that if either you or do they have Powerball in uh, in Arizona? Yeah, they do. Okay, so we'll we'll each buy <laughs> one ticket. And as this, we're not, we're not, and we're not going to do one of those promises that we have no intention of keeping, which is that, of course, we'll split it between the three of us if we win. We'll give us, but I, but I will, I will here and now vow, and I offer you the opportunity to either, uh, either uh, uh, jump in on this one. If I do win. Uh, not only will I bring the other two of you, you two, to Google I.O., I will, like, pay to have, like, a van, like an RV, just like The Verge has their own, like, coverage <laughs> RV with a big logo on it. And it will have, it will have like, bunk beds and we'll have places. And I'll have another one made just to be, like, driving around to be visible. It was, my God, what kind of funding does – I had no idea the material was so – Goodness gracious, we, we have to look at this with brand new respect now. Look, I, I have a lot of toilet roll holders and aluminium foil. I think I can make some convincing look, looking dishes that we can put on the top. We can make it look we're like gonna, well, we're transmitting those worldwide. Are, those, those, I'll, I'll tell you, those RVs will have three-ply toilet paper. That's Ooh. how fancy it's going to be. And I'm also looking forward, to hopefully there's going to have some products with Brillo and Weave built into it and just kind of seeing them more smart and connected yeah. home. Uh, they announced it last year, you know, with with their whole uh, smart home connectivity. And so hopefully there's actually some products that they're willing to sell us. Google, I want to give you money. So feel free to create some really cool products for the smart <laughs> home. Uh, of course, I want Android Wear to have NFC. I don't I don't even know if they'll uh, touch base on that, but I, I, that's something that I'm really looking for. And I'm going to call it now, and it's probably not going to happen, but I'm going to call it. I'm going to say a $200 VR um, I, gadget that is built on cardboard. So it can work with cardboard games um, and other apps, but it's going to be an actual like $200 uh, built-in thing with like a screen and stuff. So that is that. Feel free to give that as a freebie uh, to us. But you know what? I'm going to hold out for... The automated car. I just want the self-driving car. If Google, if you want to give that to me, I don't mind not flying back home. I can, I can take that all the way back to Arizona. So uh, I, I will gladly accept it. Well, yeah, th that's, that's I mean, that's the beauty of it. You won't have to take take it back to Arizona. You can just simply like give it your address and meet it there after your plane lands. It, ah. it could pick you up if you if you if you stay. In, okay, you probably have to. Well, Arizona's not that far away from California. <laughs> if it were me, I would have to like say I'm going to stay an extra five days here in San Francisco and enjoy. And then by the time my plane lands, it will be pulling up at the cell phone parking lot at, at Logan Airport <laughs> and pick me up. I'd be with all my bags actually, and you laundry. Would, you would actually. There's a setting in there that's like drive me in the fastest amount possible to get me where I need to go. 
and it's just going to keep on driving Andy, and it's not going to do any, like, potty breaks. So Andy's just going to be like, help! Yeah, the doors will just be locked. <laughs> yeah, the doors will just be locked, and it's just going to go full speed trying to get you to you, you asked for the fastest route. Um, I'm going to get you there. You've got okay. We're, now we're now we're going to have to write a new version of Charlie Charlie on the MTA. <laughs> you know that little folks and the, about the, the about the writer of the the Charlies uh, about the uh, the MBTA that there was a in the 1940s or 50s there was a fair you used to have to you have to pay to get off and then there was a fair increase that happened and so they wrote this folk song about this guy who like thought it was going to be 20 cents to get off and then it was 25 and so he's forced to just always ride the MBTA. So maybe there's going to be a new ver- there should be a new version of that with a Google driving car that says that my my because my my credit card is not doesn't have enough of a balance to pay for the fare. It will just not let me out and keep driving until I have written enough freelance pieces from the backseat of that car, my laptop, to actually increase my coffers. It writes itself. It's like the the Doctor Who episode where they're all stuck in the the underground highway. No. The grand, I, no? I have not seen this. I'm way behind on Doctor Who. I, I blame myself. Oh, it's like one of the first seasons because I still, that's like all I've seen. <laughs> I, I have a much smaller request and maybe Google could actually bring this to me. So do you guys remember Project Ara? Yeah, that's yeah. The, the phone that you build yourself. So last Google I, they showed off that, hey, here's the first time we've ever taken a picture with this thing. So uh, the guy assembled a phone live on stage, took a picture of the audience, you know, tweeted it out, I think. Or maybe Google Plus it out. I'm not, I'm not sure which. I'm hoping this year there's a there's a far more complete version of that. So you know, here's here's the retail version. You know, here you go, developers or you know people that are attending, build build your own phone. But how, Bar- how, how many tickets are there? Are, they, are there is it going to be available at Google I/O this year? Three hundred. So they they haven't announced that yet. I don't think. Does it? But normally I believe it's three to five thousand. Yeah, okay. It's somewhere oh, it in that range. I, I heard. I thought you say something else which surprised me. But it's like it would be interesting to think about. Like, what can they build three thousand of? Uh, and if even if they had like, again, the, what we love about them is they're they're being crazy. And then, what if they simply said, "We have we actually built. We were testing out one factory to see how fast they could make Project Aura phones or how fast they could make these special like sensory shoes." And just we did one production run just to test that. We were just going to landfill all these for the tax write off, but why don't we just give everybody a pair of these dead end shoes? Uh, with Project Aura, it's a it's a pretty what they could do though. They could just give you what they promise is a working camera module or a working CPU model. What are we? What are you going to plug it into to prove it actually works? So it could just be Tic Tacs inside there. And then all you do is you simply claim next year that oh well we changed the bus architecture so this module <laughs> doesn't work anymore, but you're free to keep it. You could actually make it cooperative. So you could give every single person that attends a piece of the phone and you could make, you know, five or six people get together to have to build like one phone. You could make that like a, you know, like a team building exercise. Who gets to keep the phone afterwards? Well, that's the whole thing. Like, you know, you you find this group of six people, you all get along so well, you build your phone and then suddenly there's one phone and there's slow realization. You can just see the wave of it dawn and each one of those individual six people, only one of us is going to walk away with this phone. And that's... That's where it gets interesting, Yasmin. And then Google Survivor happens. Well, we want to keep everyone <laughs> alive for next week, so so maybe we should end the end the show now. So before we find out that uh, one of us wants to wants to vote us off the island, Russell, where can people find find you and find out what you're up to? So uh, shiftyjelly.com is where you can go to find out about the work that I do, or Rusty Shelf on Twitter if you just want to follow me personally. And Mr. Andy Anako, where can people find out what you've been up to and uh, hear your stories? 
uh, usual thing is, as, as usual, you got to spell my last name correctly. Uh, if you go to at Anatko on Twitter, that's where I have a, depending on how productive I'm supposed to be being, uh, a large or small stream of links and thoughts and reactions and ideas, uh, and also links to things I've uh, podcasted and things that I've published. You can also head on over to anatko.com, my blog, where I do things that are not commercially viable. Uh, so think about how wonderful that would be. That my goodness, these are things that app that Andy's been Andy's been a journalist for now twenty five years. He has relationships with with many many people. These are the things he couldn't find a single taker for. So. <laughs> <laughs> he really is pushing but, but for the, those shoes. <laughs> but the WordPress design is responsive. I will say it's a responsive design, and that means that I should be attracting angel funding anytime now. <laughs> And I'm at Yasmeen Evian on Twitter, and you can follow us at Material Podcasts on Twitter. Email us feed, feedback at materialpodcasts at gmail.com. And we love hearing from you, so please send us uh, your notes. And you can also find us on the web at relay.fm forward slash material, where you can also sponsor us um, at $5, $10, or $100 a year. I want to thank everyone for listening. Until next time, stay material. And it's got these moisture whipping, moisture whipping, moisture wicking, moisture wicking, moisture. Well, in order to help you pay for that five hundred crap burger, I think we need an ad read. <laughs> oh. Our new sponsor, Crap Burger, with eighteen <laughs> locations in New England and the Midwest. <laughs>